0: Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. It is Sunday, August 9th, and we are continuing our conversation with Stefano Secchi. He is the owner and chef of a restaurant in New York City called Resdora. And in this part of the interview, we're going to really focus on what's been happening for him and the restaurant amid the pandemic and how he sees the restaurant industry shaking out after the pandemic passes through. I think this is incredibly important. We know that restaurants are going out of business very quickly. We also know that there are so many restaurant workers who are losing their jobs. Listen up. This is really good stuff. Stefano Secchi of the restaurant called Resdora. Now tell us what's happening in terms of this sort of um, middle ground. You're open right. on the street,
1: right? Right. I mean, that's exactly what it is is middle ground because we opened up with six tables outside of which our neighbor devociones is are uh, they make amazing coffee from colombia and they're really only open during the day so we asked them you know i will give you our tables in the morning because we're only open at night and then if you just let us have one table out front of your place um at night time that that would help we put six tables out there we were running like maybe four 40 percent revenue that we were doing before uh mm. the interesting thing is this and this actually helped a lot jokes we're on the same street as Gramercy tavern we've got Sugarfish here marivana some great restaurants and we reached out to our councilwoman we reached out to the mayor and the head of economic development in new york city and and just asked if, if we can be one of the streets uh that closed we've got such a great restaurant street you know and and they finally got back to us. The they're like yeah you guys are granted so Friday nights, um, Saturday from noon until 11, and then Sunday from noon until 11, the streets closed, so we can almost double our our footprint. I mean, it's it's what's saving us, to be honest with you.
0: You introduced delivery and pickup as part of the pandemic relief Mm -hmm. for your own restaurant. Do you think you will keep doing that as your normal operation comes back online?
1: We're leaning towards not um, doing delivery once we become once we fully like, come back online. Just because, Jill, I think we, I think what what has been so hard for the delivery side is that we lose track of like of our guests as soon as the food leaves um, mm. the restaurant. And then we've had we've had just complaints about food not showing up, complaints about food being really cold, complaints, of some things not coming in the bags. And I, you just don't know what sometimes um, what some of the drivers are doing. So it's we care so much about and we spend so much time and with everything and the food that we put out that it's almost like we're leaving just just be able to control it ourselves and, and not do it once we reopen. Um we have to look like what the what the new normal is going to be like, I guess,
0: yeah. I mean, that's so interesting because obviously, in you're in the hospitality industry, right? Yeah. And in some respects, Part of the experience is feeling like you can come back into a restaurant and they know you. That's like the whole Danny Meyer thing, right? Yeah. That, that, you know, we're, by the way, no disrespect to Danny Meyer and Shake Shack and all of his great success, but his restaurants really have lost a step in terms of that feeling of like, they really know me as he's gotten bigger and bigger. So I think that you're right, that actually having a relationship with people matters right. a ton. Tell me what you think is the landscape post pandemic, you know, who knows what's going to happen. I know in terms of the resurgence in the fall, I'm not talking about near term, but you've got to be concerned that so many restaurants are not going to make it. What do you think this landscape looks like, you know, a year from now in New York City?
1: It's one thing to have um, restaurants that, you know, are competition or whatever, but it's, it's another thing to have them as like, part of like a tight-knit group, which I think many ways we are in the city, because there's there's enough to go around. And that's why people live in New York City, right? You have Broadway, Mm -hmm. you have amazing museums, and you have these restaurants and bars that may be some of the best in the world, because people are here to do this as a career, myself included. And and it's not a transient thing for me. Like I love this business. I love people. I love... The type of food that i'm able to cook and we're so close to italia new york city that i can just fly back whenever i need to right so i mean that's what it, what is the landscape going to be like i don't landlords are just going to have to take less rent for the, for these amazing spaces and they're just mm. going to have to work with people i mean mm. you, you want to work with a tenant that's amazing right i mean i can't you can't stress that enough i just read the other day that mason kaiser is is going to close all the new york city locations i mean, I mean what's who's going to take those spaces right
0: Now, I'm wondering, you know, you've got such a, you've got a New York City slant, but you, your roots are in Texas and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, overall nationally, the restaurant industry, it feels like this strange moment. Like, do you think that fine dining is going to continue? Do you think that like these middle tier restaurants are the ones that are at risk? You know, the, the fast casual probably I imagine will be okay, but what do you think is going to happen overall?
1: I hope fine dining never goes away. Uh, the margins are really tough, especially on fine dining. If you're talking like five to seven percent margins, there's very little room for error. So it's going to be it's going to be region and state and and neighborhood specific. I think what needs to happen in the future is that these these so many amazing operators are coming will be coming out of this that want to buckle down and have a small uh, restaurant in a neighborhood. Um, that they could potentially grow from. So let's talk about Europe, for instance, which has a much longer history than the United States of America. the The places that have survived for hundreds of years in in Europe have always been these small, like family-owned um, specific restaurants as opposed to these gigantic chains. Uh, and so I hope that that's that's what becomes the model. I mean, you know, more artisanal more more using local farms which has been much of much of a trend in the states for 15 20 years thank God but local butchers as well I think you're going to find you're going to find some incredible inspiration um, that comes out of this. And then you're going to have a lot of the operators that perhaps weren't a, as great or even the guys, that, the big chain restaurants that weren't as great that just, are just going to go out of business. And then there's going to be mm-hmm. opportunity for some mom and pop places that will build something incredible. I mean, I, might, I you have to be an internal op- optimist in this, in this business because it's very tough as it is. But I'm actually excited to see. Uh, what a lot of these like up and coming guys do, and 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 even what some of these mom and pops do, because it, it's a beautiful business if you like doing it.
0: Here is my question to you: You've got to have some weird guilty pleasure. I'm <laughs> betting. Now, I'm not saying that you're like the kind of guy who's going to go to McDonald's, but <coughs> what is your the guilty pleasure that would surprise us about you?
1: So there's so there's a place that a Koreatown here in in the city. Um, that I go with my mom and dad every time they're here. We are obsessed with it. It's it's called banchan Korean fried chicken. It is so delicious.
0: I want to thank you so much for joining us. And we oh, do want to wish you the best of luck as you navigate this horrible time. I think that you're really, really inspirational. It's I mean, talk about what you had to learn on the fly and talk about how you had to essentially pivot in real time to survive, you've done an amazing job, and I'm, I wish you the best of luck. Okay, that's it. That is the program. Yes, I know. It seems sort of indulgent to talk about restaurants at a time of a pandemic, but you know what? It's a very important part of the economy, certainly the part of the economy of New York City, but of the country's economy. So we are focusing on that, and we know that there are so many stories to be told. So you know what? It was just one, this guy's navigating the crisis, seems like he's going to survive, but a lot will not. So it's going to be a very tough time for restaurants. Well, thank you so much for listening. And of course, if you need to reach us, all you have to do is send an email, askjill at jillonmoney.com, Jill at jillonmoney.com. And if you're on the website, jillonmoney.com, of course, you can always do all sorts of stuff like Go and read the columns that I'm writing and check out the resource section. Don't forget that if you think this podcast is fun and interesting, you can rate us, you can review us, or you could pass along the podcast to somebody who you think should really be listening. That would be so appreciated, really, truly. Okay, so it's Sunday, so that means I want to do like a real outro, which is our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Telercio is our executive producer extraordinaire, I might add. We are distributed by Cadence 13. Don't forget to wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. It will do them and you a lot of good. We'll talk to you tomorrow.